The second one I'll just share with you tonight is that the Holy Spirit loves to communicate. I think it's interesting as you look at the words of Jesus. I mean, look back at John 14 with me, would you? John 14, 25. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will what? What's the verb there? Teach. He will teach you all things. Okay, then look on to John 15, verse 26. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will what? Testify about me. Okay? Now hop on to John 16, verse 5. But now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you asked. Okay, let's hop on uh, uh, verse 8. And he, when he comes, will what? Convict. Okay, and he talks, develops that more. Verse 12. I have many more things to say, more than you can bear now. Verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will what? Guide. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will disclose to you what is to come. Verse 14, he will glorify. Look at the verbs here, glorify. For he will take of what is mine and disclose it, reveal it to you. I mean, you look at these different words here. You have the the Holy Spirit speaking, testifying, teaching, uh, convicting, guiding, speaking, disclosing, glorifying, revealing. Every verb that Jesus uses in this portion, in this passage about the Holy Spirit is all about revelation, about communication from God. The Holy Spirit loves to communicate. God is not mute, and we are not deaf. God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about some sort of extra biblical, you know, something from God every morning where he comes and gives you this new prophetic uh, paper that you can throw, cast aside the scriptures and just follow this subjectivism. No, the Holy Spirit's voice always lines up with the word, right? Any experience we have, any encounter we have with God, if it doesn't line up with the word, the word always wins. The word is preeminent. It's an errant. God has preserved it throughout the ages so that we have a standard to look to. But the Holy Spirit still speaks to us. Look in the book of Acts, chapter 13. It's a great example. They're there. They're having this gathering of people prophetically gifted and teachers in Antioch, and they're praying and fasting, and here comes the Holy Spirit's voice in verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke and said unto them, And then in verse 4, the Bible says the Holy Spirit sent them on their way. But this is is the Holy Spirit speaking. Or how about those wonderful texts, the two different texts in the book of Acts 1 and 15, and I believe 1 and 13, where they said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. There was an inner knowing, an inner awareness that the Holy Spirit was communicating, speaking, leading, guiding, teaching, revealing, making known, disclosing. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. How about Acts, uh, or 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the Corinthian benediction? The love of Christ, or the grace of God, the love of Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that an intriguing combination there? The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You talk about fellowship, that's like potluck dinners, you know? We got 15 varieties of baked beans, and 14 of them stink, and one of them's good. You have to have discerning of beans at potluck church dinner. Uh, many times we at churches, and they have one of those potluck after the service things. I can say this because you've never had it but uh, when I've been here. But usually you have to pray that Mark 16 prayer. Lord, I just pray right now as I eat this deadly poison that you'll preserve me. It won't harm me. Uh, but, uh, you know, you have to... Uh, there, there, it's fellowship. It's communication. It's, it's, it's intimate. It's not just, you know, hi, nice to meet, meet you, nice to see you. A very strange, extended uh, introduction. This is fellowship. This is one-on-one, people you would invite into your home. After all, your home is not your home. 
because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your home is the storage unit for the temple of the Holy Spirit. We get things all mixed up. God, come and fill my home with your presence. God says, man, I've got five temples in there. What more could you want? The Holy Spirit loves to communicate. Some practical ways to welcome his communication here as we wrap things up. Here it is. He loves to reveal Jesus, so ask him. You want to have more of the Holy Spirit's work in his his life, begin to focus in on what the Holy Spirit focuses in on. Lord, I want to take the next 10 days, and I want to learn more about Jesus in the next 10 days than I've ever learned in any 10-day period in my whole life about Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, I welcome you to come and reveal Jesus to me like you've never done before. I want to throw the doors wide open. You can show me anything as I study the word. Reveal him to me. Manifest his presence to me. Magnify him. You promise me you take what is the master's and make it known to me. So have at it. I'm all yours. I'm a blank canvas. Paint the picture of Jesus in my heart. So few people have ever done that. Welcome him. Another way we can practically welcome him to speak to us and communicate to us, reveal to us, you know, Bible tells us in 2 Peter 1.21 that the Holy Spirit wrote the book. Can you imagine? I, well, one of my least favorite classes in college was American literature. Eesh, sorry if you have to teach that. I mean, no, really, I'm sorry if you have to teach that. That's a bummer. I mean, the only thing worse than that, well, some of the English lit was all right, except for that Beowulf thing. Boy, I don't know, it's like 900 pages of the same thing. But a uh, big fat book like that will feed a fire for hours. Um, no, I'm sorry, that's terrible. But, uh, you know, I, I personally didn't enjoy that, and I've never liked fiction. I know everyone's bananas about the Left Behind books, and, and I, just, I just don't like fiction. I'm the kind of kook that sits down and reads some book that no one else wants to read, something that when you open it up, it smells like mildew because it's from 1879. You know, I, I like to read that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm probably the anomaly there. But I, I just never enjoyed that. I, but it, I think it would be a little easier to understand that if... Chaucer sat down with you and said, let me explain to you here what I meant. Don't you think you have a little better chance at understanding that? Well, if you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, 2 Peter 1.21, that the, the Holy Spirit moved upon holy men of old to author the scriptures, and you're his temple. Don't you think you can say, Spirit of Christ, I welcome you to come and illuminate my darkened mind to understand your word? The word does not need anointing or illumination. The word is already anointed and illuminated. We need it between our ears. There are those that teach this doctrine of illumination, that the Holy Spirit illuminates a darkened word. The word is not dark. This is what's dark. And we need the Holy Spirit's help to comprehend. You know what happens when you have those aha moments, when the Holy Spirit drags his highlighter marker over a passage of Scripture, and all of a sudden it comes alive in you. You say, oh, I know exactly what you mean, God. And he makes it come alive to you. The Holy Spirit has activated that. He wants to speak to us. It's another practical way. How about this? He wants to help you memorize the word. John 14, 26, a scripture I stand on. He would help us to remember the words of Christ. I had someone that came to me and said one time, well, you know, they didn't write the Gospels till, you know, 1.20 years after the death of Christ. How do you know that they remembered right? John 14, 26, Jesus promised he would bring to our remembrance everything Christ said. That's a pretty good witness, isn't it? You have no, how many of you have bad memories? You have no excuse to not memorize the word. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has a much better memory than you do. You're his temple, and he'll help you. I mean, I can't remember. I get to the, this afternoon, we had to run to Walmart. As I walked in the door, I thought, oh, my goodness, I can't remember why I'm here. And pastor's walking, and we're holding a conversation. 
And my whole mind is, for some reason, I knew I just needed a couple things. Walked right in there. But the moment I walked in the door, the spirit of stupid came upon me. And I couldn't remember what in the world I came. You ever have moments like that? All right. No? Oh, me neither. I'm just joking then. <laughs> no, we all do. At least I hope. There's moments of temporary insanity or a lapse of memory or something like that. Where all of a sudden you say, oh my goodness. But when we have the Holy Spirit there to help us, I, I dare you invite the Holy Spirit to help you memorize the word. He can't wait to do it. He'd much rather have your mind and heart be full of the word than full of Jerry Springer. You know, I mean, he can't help. All you have to do, all you have to do is ask him. Extend the invitation to him. He wants to help us another way. He wants to help us pray, Romans 8, 26. The best prayer partner you'll ever have is the Holy Spirit. I never have a daily devotion where I don't ask the Holy Spirit to come and help me in my understanding and clarity in the word and come and invite him to help me pray. It sure revolutionized my prayer life. Helps us worship, John 4. We, they to worship must worship in spirit and in truth. I mean, every realm of our spiritual life can be enhanced and helped as we begin to welcome the Holy Spirit to come. He wants to come and stand alongside as a, a developing friendship there.